listens again to the Global Gale podcast, my friends. And if this intro sounds a little bit different, you're right. I'm not coming to you from my little studio in Stockholm where I've spent the last 24 years. I'm actually coming to you this week from the street outside Victoria Station in London. My name is Philip O'Connor. If you're listening for the first time, indeed, if you're one of the creatives in London that I'm here to talk to, you're very welcome to the podcast. And the reason for being here is if you go back through the podcast archives, boys and girls, uh, I've spoken in the past to Joe O'Neill, who used to live in Stockholm, and he is running the Irish Creative Collective right here in London. And tonight, in this very city, in the Toulouse-Lautrec restaurant and venue he is putting on an event called Shimsa, which is going to showcase the best of irish talents there's going to be comedians there's going to be a band there's going to be musical theater and there's going to be a little bit of a play as far as i know a work in progress that's going to be presented there right so i'm here to see that i've taken the money that you lovely generous wonderful handsome attractive and intelligent people have given me at patreon.com forward slash our man in Stockholm. And when you're contributing a five or a month there, I let them, I let them collect up there, lads. And then all of a sudden, I grab that money and off I go to London because I want to bring you the stories of Irish people all over the world. Not just here in England and not just in Europe, but all over the world. So that's what we have done for this episode. So what follows is going to be the voices that I collect. It's going to be chaotic, lads, right? And you're not going to get performances uh, from all the artists that I see, mostly because uh, comics hate it when you put out their material, when they're working on it, or when they do it live, because once a joke is out there, they can't really ever tell it again, you know? So this is why they don't put it up on Instagram. But we will get a little bit of music from, I think the band is called Hawk the Band. We're going to have a chat with those lads. And a few of the other people are going to be performing this evening. And of course, we will have a chat before and after the show with the legendary Joe O'Neill. And if you want to hear more shows like this, where I get out and about and talk to you, patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm is the place to be, right? And last but not least, make sure you're following me on social media. Follow at Philip Ablana on Instagram and follow at Philip O'Connor on Twitter. And you'll be able to catch up with all the latest episodes when we do go and do places like this. And we have a little bit of extra content on that this time now as well. Because of the fact that I'm here in London, I'll throw up a little bit of video where I can, maybe on a story. So it's not a sort of a permanent record, but it'll give you an idea of what it was we were looking at over here. Right, I have to try to remember how the underground system works. So uh, here's a little bit of a tune and uh, I'll be back to you as soon as I found the Toulouse-Lautrec. And the inestimable, the wonderful, the talented, the mega multi-talented and indeed hugely handsome Joe O'Neill. And that's coming up very shortly indeed. What are we doing, Joe? Uh, we're, we're in London. We're in Toulouse Trek. We're in Kennington, not Kensington. And we are at Shimsa, an Irish variety show. That, that S in Kensington has really screwed my life up today. So there's about a half an hour of a distance between the two. But this is not about me. This is about you and the Irish Creative Collective and what you're doing here. How many gigs have you done here in London now? I actually, oh God. Um, I, I did a count recently enough because we had a, a meeting where I had to show it off. And I think it's over 50. F- f- there's like I think it's like 26 individual gigs but most of those gigs run monthly so all together we have like around 50, 60 since, uh, since we came together in April 2022 What are we going to see here in Toulouse-Lautrec this evening this beautiful jazz venue with beautiful lights and beautiful people working here and beautiful lads like yourself putting it together what are we likely to see on, on display from the Irish community? It is absolutely class in this 100% authentic Irish setting of Toulouse-Lautrec uh, we are going to see the best of what London Irish has to offer we are we bring together um, and showcase Irish comedians, uh, theatre pe- uh, theater writers, directors, actors, um, singer-songwriters, and musical theatre performers and composers. Um, in and they come in here and they could be any generation and they show off the best of who they are and what they can do. That any generation thing was that solely aimed at me? Was it just that I'm not going to feel like the oldest person in the room here tonight? I meant generation as in like you know the kids or the grandkids of Irish people. So it's a generation Z basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you will be the oldest in the room, Phil. I guarantee that's that. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, how do you find these people, or, or do they find you at this stage because you're so famous? <laughs> 
Um, I it's kind of a mix of both to be honest. Like we do the network and I once a month, where we you know ideally bring together creatives, but there's always like a theme to it. Now the themes throughout network nights can be just oh it's comedy and then an open mic night, or else we have a scene a monologue monologue night plus an open mic night, or um, we've done what else have we done? We've done like uh, I've done loads of stuff. Sorry, I know I'm kind of flatlining here on that, but we have kind of an infinite amount of things that we're doing that brings in Irish creatives, and then what we do is get chatting to them they email us and then we if we ever have anything coming up we we put them you know we try to put them on stage but we have a whatsapp group for people who've come into the come to any of the nights and uh, that is consistent of about 155 um irish creatives of all different uh backgrounds and and generations as we said so it's kind of quite easy to have that pool of talent there and it's um and then if we're missing anything if we need anything in particular that we don't have put a call out and then once we have the call out and they do it with us then we put them in the whatsapp group and then suddenly that you know pool gets bigger and bigger and and it's it's a case of trying to keep everyone happy and keep everyone active because we want anyone coming over to London or anyone who is if, if anyone is coming over for the first time and they want to work they want to do stuff we want to make them feel safe and comfortable that they have a place they can come to once or twice a month to showcase their talent or just be around, amongst friends and just feel like you're at home for a little bit and feel comfortable and feel safe but if you're generationally we want them to come and feel you know reconnect with their roots and and find out they might a lot of people email me and they're like oh I don't I don't know if I can perform at this I'm not really Irish. I'm like, there's two things that make you, if you're really Irish, if you're grandparents at the least, or if you can pour a pint of Guinness. If it was good for Jack Charlton, it's good enough for me. But if they come in and you have people reconnecting with stuff that they ne- that they thought they'd never get a chance to, and people who are traveling home to visit their grandparents' hometown, which they never thought they'd get the chance to do. So that's something I'm incredibly proud of, as much as giving people a safe space that are coming over for the first time or might be here for years and reconnecting, but people who are generationally Irish and, fi- and really living that for the first time. Um, are you like the Don here, where you go around with your big white fedora on and people come and pay you respect for all the great things you've done in this community? If I was the Don, I wouldn't say I was the Don. Um, the Don never admits to being the Don. Never admits to being the Don. <laughs> if I were to ask other people, would they say you were the Don? Well, most people here are my friends, so they would probably insult me more than anything else, um, which is the way to know that you're really Irish. It goes to the territory. But uh, I, I would say I'm just someone who is who's doing something that's long overdue and it's it's just putting like a, a, a light to the flame or whatever way that goes it's 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 just about getting creative Irish people in a room and and magic happens and I, I learned that in Stockholm through all the stuff that was going on over there with such which is with a smaller pool of, of creatives but it is it's it's not this Everest sort of thing it's just like have ambition, have passion for it, and then stuff will happen. And that's, that's literally all it's been. It's all a natural progression from where, where it started off, which was 12 people in a pub in East Finchley. So now we're just about sold out for our Sheems to Showcase Night, which is monthly, and we've pretty much been sold out ever since we started. So it's, it, the growth on this is exceptional, the talent is exceptional, and the people driving it and behind it and people who are coming to see it are exceptional. So it's, it's only growing from here but it's mainly just because of the talent that are available here that are dying to showcase themselves. Look, I never say it to your face, but you're fairly exceptional yourself in terms of stand-up comedy and acting and all that kind of thing. He's desperately trying not to laugh out loud so that people hear every word I was saying there, right? But what, what is your part of the practicalities of it? The door's open here at half past seven. How long is the show and what's your part in it? The show is approximately two hours-ish long. We... It, it basically my part is just making sure everyone comes in um, you're not emceeing or doing I'm not emceeing because although I've I, people are sick of the sight to me to be honest yeah but like I feel like it's something I could do I could emcee if I wanted to but I, I feel like I'm taking an opportunity away from someone else if I do something like that because I do love doing that but this is a gig that is to showcase Irish people and it's not, it's not beneath your land is it oh god no <laughs> can't af- I can't afford myself anymore uh, but no, I just, I love getting, like we've had three different MCs, all of them have been wonderful, but it's just about giving people a different opportunity, like a different people an opportunity to come up and do a couple of months um, of MCing. The comedians, we're, we, no one has, uh, has done stand-up twice, but we have like so many comedians that have, that have been through the doors with us at ICC, but it is, uh, how it opens is everyone comes in, they sit down, we have three com- uh, stand-up comedians, follow that by a theatre piece, um, and then there's a break. And then when it comes back in, there'll be a band or a singer-songwriter, acoustic group or whatever it is, all playing original music. And then that's followed by, um, depending on what month it is, it's 
three music, three musical theatre performers doing songs from different musicals, or it can be an Irish composer with performers showcasing a section or maybe a full turn of, of a show they've written or our writing. And it's just about giving them a platform, giving them a room full of people who actively want to listen and want to be there. And, um, and yeah, give, just giving people an opportunity. Right. That is the scene set for you, boys and girls, by Joe O'Neill here in the Irish venue of Toulouse-Lautrec here in Kennington. Drop the S, lads, Kennington, or else you'll wind up the wrong fucking tube, right? We will be back to you when we found somebody else around here to talk to. We'll just do it here. We have the atmosphere in the background. We have lads changing strings and all sorts of things. We'll get him to introduce himself now as well. I thought you weren't emceeing. Shut up now, O'Neill. Richie, tell us who you are and what you're doing here this evening. Uh, My name's Richie Power and I'm a part of Hawk the Band and we're going to be performing a couple of original tracks tonight. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're based here in London, but we're an Irish band. Where are you from in Dublin? I'm from the Liberties. As a band, we're from all over Ireland, but I'm from the Liberties in Dublin, yeah. What was it that brought you to London, Richie? Uh, Ryan Airfly, well that's now uh, <laughs> 29 quid, no bags <laughs> now um, we yeah so we moved over just at the beginning of the pan- no, just before the pandemic thinking um, so basically when we set up the band uh, we entered this competition that Aslan put out and uh, they chose us as the winners and we supported them in the Ivy Gardens and did a little tour off the back of that and a few shows with them and then um, and then we were like, right, let's make the move to London. Let's chase our dreams. We moved over and then COVID happened a month or two later. So then most of London had been in lockdown. So um, only really getting going now in the last year or two since lock- like since we're out of lockdown and things that have uh, have come back. But it's just music. Like London is the hotspot for music, really. Music capital of Europe, if not the world, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that's that's what brought us here. Yeah. Has it been tough over here? Because like over in Dublin, there's only a set amount of venues. There's like five bands that anybody wants to go and see at any given time. And then you come over here, and there's like hundreds of bands, there's hundreds of venues. You could go and see loads of gigs this evening. Is it hard to make a name for yourself here? Because the standard is very high as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think there's pros and cons. But to be honest, I think the Irish music scene has a lot of talent in it as well, and a lot of competition. Um, I feel like actually being Irish kind of sets you a little bit apart being here, but um, but yeah, there's definitely more competition. There's a lot of great talent here, but as you said, there's more opportunity. There's more um, more venues, more like music nights for up and coming artists and stuff. I feel like um, the size of London itself. Do you know what I mean? There's like as much as there's other bands and there's other people trying to compete. There's so much more people to compete in front of. So I feel like there's pros and cons to both. But for us, it just made sense to be here at this time, and we're loving it. Like we. Yeah, we love it. We think it's great. Opportunities like this night in front of basically your own people, right? People who are here for to hear and to listen to Irish culture and you're here supporting other people who are doing that. How important is it to have this sense of community that you're going to have here to see? Yeah, 100%. I feel like the Irish stick together all over the world and Joe created this, which has been great for Irish creative specifically. His head just keeps getting bigger the more we keep talking. Yeah, I f- <laughs> didn't want to have- He's standing there listening. Though. Richie, don't get this wrong. I'll never get a gig in this town again. He, he, he has a sign up behind you saying, please mention me, please mention me. That's a- <laughs> You've got two minutes without mentioning me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great though, because as I said, there is a strong Irish community over here, um, but to have one specifically uh, focused on the arts and creatives I think is uh, even more niche and like when, when I first moved over I joined the Gaelic team and uh, and then was like playing in Irish bars and stuff like that so I got to to meet a lot of Irish people but not specifically creative so once Joe set this up we, we were actually there on the first night and we've been there ever since the rest is history yeah, kind of thing yeah. 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 we did yeah we played the first night and yeah, this will be the last if I don't mention him again. Joe <laughs> O'Neill has set up the Irish Creative did, did you happen to mention how great he was there? I'm not sure we quite caught that, you know. Um, what's the end game, Richie, for a modern band? Because the lads I would have grown up and had gone to school with, they want to come over here and sign with Keith Cullen for Satanta Records and they want to get a record deal. That's not really the way the music business works anymore, is it? Um, yeah, I suppose there's so many different avenues and different routes, especially with social media and all the platforms there is nowadays. We actually... Um, signed our next four singles with a record label in Ireland there recently so they'll be coming out from January on um, so like there are different avenues for different things I feel like a lot of people go down the social me- media avenue and that's great it's uh, it's not really something that comes absolutely natural to us so we kind of try force ourselves to do that a little bit more but we love the live scene and we love um, yeah just getting ourselves out in front of people and, and gigging to them and, and creating 
a good energy in the room that hopefully people buy into and want to come back to. But uh, yeah, I think there's like so many avenues and it's the same as like what you said about the comparison between Dublin and London. It's like nowadays there's so much, so it's like so many more artists and so many more people competing for the same thing really. But, um, but the other side of that is that there's so many opportunity to do that and you can literally go direct to consumer with social media and that sort of stuff and to be honest what record labels used to do for you was basically advertise and push your push your music and obviously give you money and stuff as well but like nowadays you have that for free on social media so if you can crack that I suppose that's definitely a great way and as I said we try to force ourselves into doing that a little bit more but um yeah I don't think there's like a, a specific avenue you can go down but um I suppose putting yourself in as many of those avenues as possible is probably uh, a, a wise Just getting idea. yourself out there as yeah, much as you can. Yeah, yeah, and just like playing to whoever will listen to it. Like, as you said, there's so many people who want to be heard and I, I suppose like what we try to do is just write what we like and write what we what means something to us and hopefully it resonates with other people and I think that's the beauty of nowadays like with social media and stuff is you can find those people who are interested in the same things as you whereas like... There's so many different niche genres that are gone massive nowadays. So it's not like just whatever's on the the main radio channels that is popular. It's like you can you can make a living in whatever genre that you're that you're aiming to do because you can reach directly to those fans online and stuff. So yeah, I think um, yeah, there's no I wouldn't say there's any set way nowadays, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity in my opinion. Can't wait to hear that. Maybe we can catch up with you after the show as well. Yeah, let's do it. And did, did you hear that Joe O'Neill fella about how brilliant he is? We'll talk about that as well again. Who's Joe O'Neill? <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that bit out, but for now, Richie, thanks very much. <laughs> Liam, who are you? Where are you from? And what are you going to be doing here this evening? Okay, my name's Liam McMahon. I'm an Australian-Irish uh, stand-up comedian, actor and carpenter. But mostly a carpenter by day. <laughs> mostly a carpenter but I'd imagine it's probably the stand-up comedy you'd prefer to be doing is it? that's it yeah you've got to keep the dream alive so it's a night, night thing at the moment um, could you tell me a little bit about your Irish background because you have a very Irish name but not a very Irish accent if you don't mind no, I'm born and raised in Australia but I grew up in a house with three different Irish accents in Australia so my granny was from Kerry my granddad was from Fermanagh so I moved to Australia with my mum at an early age uh, when my mum was uh, like 10 and my dad's uh, born and raised from County Clare you have remarkably good English for somebody who grew up in that situation. <laughs> I know, because the North accent, the South, the, the Irish have very distinct accents for such a small country. Like, Australia is huge, and we just kind of... I think more country people will sound more Aussie, more Ocker, but we all have, like, the pretty much same accent. But Ireland, there's, I think there's, like, there's got to be, like, 32 different You literally accents. can't go down the road without somebody changing their accent, you know? It's pretty funny how, how crazy it is, but it's nice, it's good. How, how much Irish culture would have been in that household with all those accents? Would there have been music? Would there have been comedy? Would there have been books? Yeah, I think maybe with people that migrate, they become more, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, the further away you go, the closer you are to home kind of thing. So for them, yeah, I think they were homesick for a, for a while, uh, pretty much my whole life. But um, in a nice kind of way. They never shut up a bit. Yeah, kind of. It's it's nice, but because like, but all my like Aussie barbecues growing up were a lot of Irish parents and Aussie kids, so which is nice. And then uh, and then, but a lot of my uh, friends at school and stuff as well, kind of first generation. So I had a lot of friends that were from different, like their parents in different countries. So a lot of people migrated. Obviously, everyone's always migrating. But uh, yeah, it's I think it's good. It's good to have a balance. Um, and, and kind of in two worlds, like Australian and Irish. But it's nice. It's a good cultural heritage and it's nice. Um, you learn about traditions and stuff. And the, probably the worst thing is the distance. It's a shame it's so far away. Yeah, I can imagine all those barbecues had to be about the price of flights and that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, so, and, the, and there's not a lot of barbecues in Ireland. But, uh, so, yeah. There's all these people stand there eating raw food, basically. Yeah, well... It's weird because our Christmas days, if, if we didn't go to Ireland, if we had it in Australia, we would normally you think we'd have a barbecue or go to the beach, but we'd have a traditional Irish Christmas and just crank the air conditioning in the house, which doesn't work still. We were like, just, the vibe is just off. My dad's like, oh, it's just grand lads, come on. Enjoy it, enjoy the crack. And we're like, Dad, this is, no. <laughs> this is off. No one wants, like, bacon and cabbage on Christmas Day in Australia. Yeah, and this is when he's like, you're a fucking disgrace. He's like, come I'm on. you off. Yeah, and we're like, can't we just go to the beach? <laughs> when, when you come here and you find this Irish creative collective and it's, you're welcome to perform here because of your Irish heritage, how, do, how much does that mean to somebody trying to make their way in comedy in this city? Yeah, I think it's great because comedy is so subjective. 
So there's so many different types of comedy, alternative comedy, storytelling, um, impressions, you know, one-liners. So, and then as well when you've got a cultural thing coming into it. So I think it's, it's I've been very welcomed here and, and you can hear I'm pretty Australian. So I've got a lot of Irish connections and backgrounds and, and things like that. But uh, I honestly think Joe and the, the whole community, have just they're just welcoming to people that are interested in performing. So I love the comedy, but also the music has been phenomenal here. Musical theatre, uh, people writing, and it's just a nice, friendly environment, which helps for performing. Yeah, especially when you're doing comedy, you know, because otherwise... Especially comedy, I think, yeah. I think most, like... Uh, uh, I do a lot of improv as well. That's a friendly world. Not that stand-up's not friendly, but I think it's more uh, cutthroat, I would say. It's also the audiences on a Friday night could be a little bit rough in England, I found. Yeah, it's hard to... It's funny. It's, as I said, it's always different, but it's definitely... Because um, then, like, sometimes you get up and it's like, oh, we've got an Aussie tonight. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, but I suppose if you're really good, your comedy will be universal. But it is funny. It's good, um, it's good for me, I'm finding, to just explore with... Um, yeah, like being Aussie in England, Irish background, um, different venues, different clubs and stuff like that. It's a, it's a good challenge. Yeah. Do you find yourself tailoring your material to the audience, which is going to be a lot of people of Irish heritage here this evening? Will you tailor your set to that? I think, yeah, I naturally, like, because my parents and grandparents are from Ireland, I have a lot of Irish material. And, and I think it's funny because I'm Australian. And, uh, and I like doing accents and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, ones that are appropriate for me. Um, so I'm not doing any accents I shouldn't be doing. But, um, so, but uh, so I think it's, it's my voice who I am, like an Irish Australian. So I'm happy in that world. And then, so, but in Australia, I don't think, uh, unless I did like targeted Irish nights, which is a large Irish community there, um, it, it went down. Yeah, it definitely goes down well. Like I've got a, a joke about Big Tom. So not many Australians would know who Big Tom is. So uh, that, like, the Irish crowd know that. Even some of the younger Irish crowd. I think that's, like, my grandparents and parents' day. So, like, they really know it. Like he's up there with JFK and Pope John Paul. The Irish community, yeah, that's the man. You know, as soon as I say it, everyone in the audience is like, be careful. This, <laughs> yeah. this better be nice. This better go the right yeah, direction. This, yeah, don't you be throwing shade at him. So, and it's, it's in his, like, uh, honour, and it's a good, like... Uh, yeah, because he's a. I liked his music. I think I was maybe brainwashed as a child. We all were. We all were. They, they are our national anthems. It's all big. The time. Irish are great for music and energy, and uh, and like a you know the crack and a party. So, yeah, I think all that. And my dad's from like uh, North Car- uh, North Clare, Karen. So it's kind of near Listinbana. So he loves all the trad music, and we literally just like I remember driving like if he picked us up from sports like I'd have Aussie friends in the car and he'd just be blaring like the Kilfenora Kaylee band and stuff like this and my friend's like your dad is so weird <laughs> this is not, there's not like there's no lyrics in that song well they're, they're, like a lot of the stuff just everybody crap. just baiting it out yeah. as fast as they and then I'm just like nodding along and I'm like you don't know this <laughs> This, you're weird. You're the weirdo. Well, Big Tom gets going. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, I think, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Liam, thanks very much. Can't wait to see you perform, Paul. Thank no you. Nice to meet you. Now, Sive, just because I have no pen, I get everybody to introduce themselves on what they're doing here this evening. Okay, so my name is Sive Peaches. I'm a comedian and I'll be emceeing the night tonight. Now, we're not going to do the question about what it's like being a woman in comedy because it's not 1984, right? Fantastic. It's brilliant. <laughs> There's absolutely no stories to be told. And to pick from. It's <laughs> Jesus, they're cute enough. The completely turned around these days. Brilliant. And the girls are running the show, I hope. Ah, uh, yeah, big time. This is the best interview I've ever done on comedy. <laughs> uh, how long have you been doing comedy in London specifically? Uh, for about a year and a half now. So I'm still relatively new to, to the whole thing. Did you do it in Ireland before you moved over? didn't. I was way too afraid to do it in Ireland. I just find Irish people so intimidatingly funny. Bastards. They're yeah. so funny, though, and they're not afraid to, yeah, to, to put, knock you down a peg or two. With it. So it's easier to get into it here. Yeah, I think so. How have you found it? Because uh, I was just saying to Liam there that I did it once, and it was both the best and the worst thing I've ever done, because it frightened the life out of me. I just, I'm never going back to I had no grey hair before I did that. How did you find it? <laughs> Uh, absolutely terrifying but also invigorating like each night is so different you could come out feeling on top of the world or you could come out feeling like an absolute worm (laughs) yeah (laughs) why do you keep coming back after those nights in particular Uh, I don't know maybe narcissism I don't know what it is (laughs) nothing good anyway (laughs) there's no good human trait to keep you coming back definitely not what's your sort of process like do you sit down and write everything that you're going to perform this evening because oftentimes people say oh no it's all off the cuff but it's actually very scripted how do you like to get your material together 
So when I'm emceeing, I actually love emceeing because I just improvise and I'm awful at preparing. I'm a massive procrastinator, <laughs> so I run purely on adrenaline. Um, for my actually like performed sets, I try to write, but I usually end up writing on the train on the way, which is you and then know, forgetting it as you go. Through. Yeah, big mixed bag. <laughs> That may explain some of those areas where you don't feel great after you get off the stage. Um, what kind of things do you like to talk about in your regular sets, not when you're emceeing? Um, so I love just silly, surreal humour. Nothing political. I don't understand politics and I have no original opinions on it. Uh, Nothing too sexual, not a lot of swearing, just kind of like, like I have a long set where I talk about the phrase everything is gravy, just like the concept of that and why it's like a good thing that people say, ah, it's all gravy. I find it terrifying, the idea that everything would be gravy. Uh, so that's sort of, like I have a set about having fleas just seven minutes of me talking about hypothetically having fleas. Oh, I'm glad you put the word hypothetically, hypothetically in there. Although a few people have come up to me after that set and been like, I also had fleas. I didn't know humans could get them. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I didn't know either. That's why I wrote this as a joke. And could you take a step back, please? Yeah. <laughs> get that checked out. Is this your first time at one of these evenings that Joe is organising? It isn't. I first came to one of Joe's nights about seven months ago, I'd say, and then I just slipped into the cult of it, and now I'm a regular. It is a bit like a cult, isn't it? It's very much like a cult, yeah. But it's a good kind of cult. You're not feeling sort of abused or anything yet. No, no, no. I feel almost too comfortable, I would say. So all the best cults do that, I believe, you know. <laughs> um, where do you see this leading to? Because apparently there's like 150 people in a WhatsApp group now, which is the most cultish thing I've ever heard in the 21st century. Where do you want this to lead for you? Do you want it to lead to more opportunities, more gigs, fame, fortune, all those things. <laughs> well, for me, these nights in particular are just like a lovely way to, to get involved with the community. Joe is like a, a community builder, like absolutely. I don't know if he sleeps at all. He's organizing events like day and night. Um, and it's just a nice way to connect with like like-minded Irish people in, in London. It's lovely. I think the band are about to sound check there, so we'll leave it there. But we will hopefully catch up with you after the show and we'll see how the stories about fleas and that went. Okay, lovely. Thanks a million, Phil. Uh, my name's Caroline Kane and I'm singing uh, musical theatre here this evening. Hello, I'm Daniel Kyo and I'm also singing some songs to me. Is it also musical theatre? Are you doing this together? It is, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do, right? Because I'm going to leave the element of surprise going oh, there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Caroline, how long have you been here and why in particular is musical theatre your thing? Um, so I've been in London for two years now and I've just been singing for as long as I can remember and then I found out I can also act through that so I'm not definitely not a dancer, I'm more of a mover but it's just London's the place to be for doing it and yeah it's just really nice to get little opportunities to be a diva and pretend to be someone else. I <laughs> think <So. laughs> That's what I do in this podcast every week you know. <laughs> what about yourself Dan? What appeals to you about musical theatre? Um, well, I This is like a bit of a new thing for me so I we went to the same university so we both moved here at the same time I did the, a master's in acting and Caroline did a master's in musical theatre. I always loved singing, but like doing it in front of people is terrifying. Yeah. So Joe asked me to do this and I've always wanted to like just get more exposure to it. So this is essentially exposure therapy I'm doing today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just really excited to just kind of get used to it. You know? the, idea, the idea of Joe as anybody's therapist is just really <laughs> spooking me here. Like, you know? Um, what do you hope this leads to, right? Because, okay, it's a platform, but it's also a community. There are other people here who know the kind of people that you need to know. Is that the way this Irish Creative Collective works, Karen? Yeah, like, it definitely, it does work that way. Like, it's kind of a benefit, like a bonus of it. But um, really, like, we were talking to one of the other performers here tonight, Connor, and he was just saying, like, it's just a nice place to come and make a couple of friends, you know? <laughs> and it's just lovely to go into a place in the middle of London. Like, I don't have many Irish people around me, like, at work or anything. I'm the only Irish person, so it's lovely to walk into a pub and just hear all the accents and have people that know what you mean when you talk about certain places or talk about certain foods and stuff that you miss. And it's just lovely. And then the fact that you could work with them and they could maybe employ you is just just an added benefit on top of that eventually yeah. you know aside from the exposure therapy down what's the best part of it for you <laughs> um i think again it's like the people i after like finishing the course i think i like was so insular for like a year just didn't it was just i was just living in this little bubble of like drama school and then a friend of mine lane knew about this and told me to come along and just like meeting people and like getting out there and it's led to i've performed with some of the people before like i've been directed in a few shows and like 
They're amazing. For, if you have any idea about anything, Joe will kind of facilitate a night or like an occasion for you to like meet other people. That if you have a play, there's producers that want to produce something. If you want to like try writing, there's a writers group as well. Um, I think it's a really good way to kind of like also like be accountable because like you meet other people that want to do the same thing. So if you give out an idea, there's then suddenly lots of people that are like, "What are you doing, by the way?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> shit, now I have to do this." <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, like, a very nice way. But, uh, no, it's just, yeah, I think it's just the... And, like, like me, when you're a bit nervous about doing something, it's the most supportive environment ever. Like, they're just... It's gorgeous people, so, yeah. Um, what are the ambitions for this, Caroline? Do you see this as somewhere that, like, okay, this is a very safe space, is the way that Joe describes it. You can come up here, and it doesn't matter if you fail. You know, nobody's going to... They'll pat you on the back, and you'll be welcome to the next event. Is it... Is it a sort of a vital testing ground for the kind of things that you do or is it just that sort of comfort blanket honestly yeah that's a great way to describe it like tonight's my first performance with them actually at the shame set thing so I'm really excited for that just to sing like I get a chance to sing songs that I would never get a chance to usually do and get reactions and like figure out kind of what people like me singing or what you know that kind of a thing to like figure out your brand because that's such an important thing as like a creative over here especially it's what everyone's looking for Um, but also it's just like great to meet people who want to do the same similar things to you like if you're interested in a particular facet of theatre or like immersive theatre or like feminist stuff it's just like great to chat to people and then like Dan said they hold you accountable they'll be like okay well I've followed you on Instagram now I'm going to follow you up in a week and we'll have a coffee and talk about this play idea you have a Mm. new thing of and then suddenly Joe's organised a night and you're putting it on and like you know (laughs) and you had to write that damn play exactly (laughs) and it's just like otherwise that would have just still been an idea that you talk about with your friends at the pub kind of a thing but here it's just nice that it's actually giving you the space to do it you Mm. know how hard is it to stand out in London, Dan? Because you come here, this is a market of like 65 million people, right? And you think, oh, I have loads of customers here. But there's also a whole load of people trying to do the kind of things like podcasts or musical theatre or acting as well. How hard is it to make your way here? Um, do you know, well, I suppose, I suppose it depends on what like making your way means. I mean, I think I've been... It's hard when you like leave education. You're like, okay, I need my agent. I need to get the big TV gig. I need to be on Broadway, and then I will be successful. <laughs> it's like, it's. I mean, a lot of that is just amazing, obviously. But it's kind of it's all the steps you take to get there. And what I found that really surprised me about London is that it's so small. Like, a friend of mine did a show the other week, and her director was the same director I had in a show a year before, and one of the other actors in the show I'd also worked with on a different project before. So like there's times I've like gone into a new project and think it's be a room full of strangers but I'm like oh no there's connections here I know that person or we've met before we've worked together before I think in terms of like standing out a big thing I've discovered I essentially went to drama school because I really like pretending to be other people and then at drama school they were like no you have to be yourself or else nobody cares and I was like dang (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was like that was not planned that at all. Plan. I was running away from myself. <laughs> that yeah. was my plan. Nobody told me this was a mirror. <laughs> exactly. But um, so I think that's kind of like I don't know, it's whatever way it sounds. But like, I think radical self acceptance is very good to like, because then when you actually meet people, they get a proper impression of who you are. And a lot of time, if you get along with someone, the kind of obviously talent is a massive thing. But like people, if they're going to work on something for a month or weeks or whatever, they want to be with a personable person they can actually like get along with so I think I used to always enter rooms kind of like bringing something else to it and now just kind of show up as myself and I mean if they don't like it that's also fine because then you don't I mean it was never going to be a mix or you know you might not be the person this time but they know who you are so they can have a better impression of like the next time something comes up because if you show up pretending to be somebody else they're like I don't know how to place you because I don't really know what you were even giving us really Um, so yeah I don't know I mean, one thing I do... Sorry, I'm rambling on now. Oh, but one thing... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm from Clonus, and I love it. It's a fabulous place. and But it's, like, a wee town of a thousand people. So when I was growing up there, I felt very, like, I couldn't be myself or whatever. But going back during the pandemic was such an eye-opener because I was like, oh, no, I just needed to, like, accept that I who I was to feel comfortable here. And I did. And it's the most amazing people in the world are in Clonus. Do you know what I mean? But I do love in London. I feel like... I do like a bit of the anonymity as well because I feel like just put on whatever you want and punch down the street and you're grand. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the quick thing Until too. You, you bump into Caroline and say, what are the odds? You know? <laughs> Caroline, what does London give you that Dublin can't or Ireland can't? God, what a tough question. You can blame Dan for that. That yeah, just popped yeah, up when you mentioned Caroline. That's fair. Uh, well, they both are like home in completely different ways. They both give me completely different things. Like, uh, I'm grew up in the countryside, I grew up in uh, Cobbenstown in Kildare. And it's just like, I, I'm like such a, you know, uh, quiet, uh, 
countryside, you know, chill childhood and growing up and that I could do uh, whatever I wanted in terms of theatre and stuff. And then coming over here, it's like a real shock because everyone's talented and everyone's amazing. The bastards. I know. <laughs> everyone's beautiful and like, and it's just fab. Um, and it really pushes you to kind of really see what you can do. And like, I think a big part of it is for me as well, like, kind of like everyone in your early 20s you're just you know no idea you know no idea what you want to do um or and then instantly in this career you have to build what you want to be and who you want to present to people and you can't just give people what you think they want to see because like then they don't know where to put you and you don't fit and then you're not giving yourself properly like a chance to show what you actually have so i think coming over here is just like giving me also to get away from who I was growing up you know like I love home I I lived in Dublin for three years and it was fabulous Um, but I no one knew me over here when I moved and I could just be whoever I wanted to be and like it's just really exciting to kind of reinvent yourself in that way and um, have new people like because there's so many people you can just keep (laughs) changing companies you can keep moving on to different plays and like the people that you've met will just still be there and to go back to whereas in Dublin it's small in same as London is but it's even smaller you know and um, it's just London just gives you opportunities uh, and it's just there's so many things there's like like I was saying to you um, before the interview like um, you're doing this on a random Wednesday night in October you know whereas at home like you'd have one or two pubs open in Gilead you know so it's just like nice to actually do this and find like the spaces for everything everything you want to do someone else is doing it and will help you do it as well you know it's great okay my name is Sally Hennessy and I'm going to be doing a little bit of stand up tonight um, I'm delighted to see so many female stand-up comics in one place. Mm. I don't think I've ever in my life seen it. Is this uh, is this a good place to be in London for female stand-up comics? Absolutely. Like it's, it's it's such a great place. I just feel like in this in this day and age, I kind of I know you're like, oh, I don't normally see it, but I feel like since I've moved here, I've seen loads of it, which is a really nice thing to see because probably years ago it wasn't that. But I think there's loads of well, people. Well, I have to qualify that by saying I'm actually really old. And, <laughs> and when I started watching stand-up comedy, there weren't actually that, like there was that standard, oh, what's it like being a woman in comedy? Like, you know, but in London, there seems to be a lot of women involved in the scene now, yeah? Yeah, there's there's loads and like, there's loads of people to look up to. Like, do you know Joanne McNally? Yep. I love her. I think she's absolutely hilarious. And her whole style of comedy is like something I hadn't ever really seen before and really resonated with me. So, yeah, it's fab. Wonderful to see. What was the first night you did stand-up? You got up there, you grabbed the microphone. What was that first night like? The, the first night I did stand-up was actually for one of these events. Joe asked me to. So, basically, my brother is a comedian. Simon Hennessy is his name. And um, he asked me to MC a couple of his comedy shows in Dublin and then in London. And then Joe came to one and was like, afterwards was like would you do would you do a stand-up for me like in two days and I was like what and then I was like okay and I just did it and it went super well and I loved it so Joe's the one who got me into it really he's a devil for that kind of thing he isn't he he's yeah. an absolute <laughs> devil <laughs> um, what's the plan with it now because sometimes we do these things because we enjoy doing them sometimes we do it because we want to make a career of it what would you like to do with your stand-up comedy well the main thing stand-up has given me really is actually confidence and um, I think the reason why I do it is because of how much it scares me. Like, I think it's this one of the scariest things you can do. And like, after every time I've done it, I've felt that change in myself. So really, it's just been that for me, like giving me the confidence to get out there. Like mainly what I do is um, theater, um, which is like a totally different thing. But I've always been thinking about maybe writing a one woman show. And this kind of thing is basically where I can just test out some of those some of those things and see how it lands. So it's fab. What kind of stand-up comedy, you mentioned Joanne there, what, what kind of other stand-up comedy appeals to you? Mainly the kind of stuff she does. So basically the way, what I do is I just go up and tell chaotic stories about my life. I, I think I used to think that it was very like, go up and you're like, and then the guy said, da, 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 you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Whereas I realized from seeing her style that I can just go up and tell stories about my life and say it in a funny way. And then people, and people enjoy that. I think people, it kind of relaxes them a bit just to see like, you know the mundane being kind of hilarious with, with the greatest of respect now sorry uh, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of effort goes into writing this <laughs> you don't sit at home in front of the mirror practicing the delivery well you know it seems effortless ah, but that's really, where the genius uh, is, right? exactly that's the thing it seems like it's off the cuff but really i'm going over it in my head loads before so yeah do you do any you obviously do other gigs whereabouts would you play apart from here what kind of gigs are you doing in town I there's like there's different ones there's like apps and stuff but I haven't really gotten into the comedy scene so much here I've more been doing theatre so I've been like directing um, a bit of theatre I have a couple of shows coming up 
Um, but I know there are places everywhere like people there's loads of apps and things that you can get on and they just tell you like there's an open mic tonight and they're like dotted all around the city which is amazing because I really don't think I've seen that in Dublin um, it's like delivery for comedy is it? it literally <laughs> is it'll just you'll get a notification on your phone and be like five minutes opportunity tonight in this place and you can just pop up and go it's it's insane the opportunities around here do you go and see much comedy do you? Um, some, sometimes like Top Secret Comedy Club and places like that I sometimes go and have a look yeah what's the standard like when you have people being demanded uh, by, like called up by app five minutes beforehand it varies it varies <laughs> like, you know sometimes unfortunately shit doesn't land but I think it's just amazing people getting up and trying stuff out like you know whether it lands or it doesn't like who really cares nothing is real you know it's just like <laughs> it's a simulation we don't know what's going on you may as well just go up and fuck it you know it says a lot like the great Bill Hicks I don't know if you've ever listened to him back no. in the day he's a great American comedian um, if I was to come back here to Toulouse-Lautrec in five years and Joe was still running events do you think you'll still be here doing comedy? I would absolutely I'll do anything for Joe he is just fab he's I think what he does is amazing like I met so many people who have been like Joe has like changed so much for me even for myself I was kind of thinking of leaving London for a while because I, I didn't really feel like I had an outlet creatively and something that wasn't so much pressure like this is for your career like a space where you can actually just be surrounded by fellow creative people and like he's really it is a cult but he's really he's really created something amazing but don't tell him I said that though <laughs> so is that your first head is unbelievable <laughs> isn't yeah. it? he's going to explode one these days and you love the machines, uh, we're going to have a brilliant evening this evening. We're going to start off in the best possible way with your hostess, with the Moses, Miss Sam Peter! You seem to be having a good time playing there with Hawk the band with a knee, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, with you in the audience now, Phil, I, I'd have had a great time. So. No, we genuinely had a great time. Genuinely, it was really, really fun. Uh, it's difficult to follow comedians because um, they generally talk about things that are relative to your life. So when you come up and you're singing songs about things that aren't extremely like obvious what you're talking about, it can be hard. But I think that we got the idea of what we were singing about across, and I think that people enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. You know. I certainly so, enjoyed it anyway. I mean, yeah. you had them all singing. You had them all clapping towards the end there. Yeah. No, it was genuinely really like we followed some great acts there, and I'm not even just saying. Is it? You know, when you do shows like this, because like you know, I think you've played support to Aslan, to Melda May, that kind of act before. Like this is a big difference between doing those kind of gigs and doing this. Yeah, this is a lot harder. Genuinely, I'm not just saying that. Like it's actually way harder to play these rooms. I, I get the anxiety I get for doing this is about 150% of what I get for doing like Aslan in the Ivy Gardens because Aslan in the Ivy Gardens like you go out there and you're already on a big gig but when, so you, you can't really see people face to face it doesn't matter as much if they're not into it but if you're at a gig like this everybody's right in your face they're looking at you and you kind of say to yourself <laughs> you, you, you get a bit anxious are you really this is way harder than the and also the thing in the Ivy Gardens is there's not too many people in the thousands in front of you who could get up but a lot of these people are very talented themselves that, that, yeah no you're right 100% and you kind of just you have that in the back of your mind you go <laughs> the competition's here you know <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I, don't, I don't like have any issue with that my mind is more so like uh, being from Ireland the thing is like we played a gig about a month ago in Ireland and I I 
I recognized this feeling of anxiety and I was trying to think about why it was. I was on the flight over and I realized because like playing in Ireland is like playing in the World Cup. Like like if you want to put music, musically where we are in the world, we're, we're the best of the best. I, not, not, not my achievement, but you know, you 2 Sinead, all the rest of them. And you kind of, you can't get anything by people from Ireland. You really can't. And so when you come out here and you play this, you know, 90% of them can sing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you're not getting nothing by them, you know? It's the truth. It's not like being in Germany, you know? Oh, you get away with murder over there. Oh, right. yeah. Put oh. your roads 20 times. Oh, Jesus, no. I hate that song. Even my daughter goes, I know you hate the song, but can you please play it? No, you're out of the Only If I was to meet you in a year's time, what do you think you'll remember from this night? Uh, I would I would remember the the genuine um, support um, from a lot of people that I didn't feel I deserved because I look around the room and I say, you know, this is all a bunch of people that are all working really, really hard and yet how have we ended up on this stage? I don't know. I, that's the genuine feeling I have. Like, you know, I, I look back at it and I go, Joe is working so hard and, and there's a lot of, if I want to be honest with you, like, I talk about this in Ireland as well. There, there's a lot of people like Azan or Imelda May and they all want to help. And a little bit of me thinks to myself, why are they doing that? Why are they so nice? And I think maybe because they're just good, nice people. And that's genuinely what I think tonight was. It's a lot of nice people. Maybe I'm just an asshole and I don't, I can't do that myself, you know? You're absolutely not an asshole, but thanks for talking you to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. We love him. And as is tradition, Joe is going to come up and talk to you now for about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks. I'll keep it brief. Um, only one Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, can I give a massive, like, honest to God, just the biggest cheer you've got for Sai Peters? Like, she is the most exceptional. Like, not only is she funny, but she's. No, she's just funny, but, like, she did a great job of being funny. Uh, guys, thanks so much for coming out here tonight. Uh, it's real cool of you to you know, spend money to watch really talented people do talented things. Phil O'Connor is here. Uh, he's the guy wearing the hat because he thinks he's a minor celebrity. Um, he, he flew over from Stockholm this morning to cover the show, so thanks for being here especially. Not so much you, but everyone for actually, so he didn't show up and go, oh God, what am I into? Um, get on to his podcast, I've been on, uh, it's my second, third time being on, it's, uh, he's a great guy, uh, he's coming over, he's come over here, he's flying back tomorrow, he has a few interviews lined up, but people should flock towards him and be like, put me on your show, and he'll go, all right. Um, <laughs> guys, the reason we put this together is because we want to bring together showcase and support Irish creatives in London. We've been basically conquered this place for the entirety of existence in London, but they just don't give a fuck about us. Um, the only time they care about us is when we're playing rugby and we're doing well. And they're like, oh my, he's Irish, you know what I mean? So um, we are here to take over, not just to take part. Um, if, that was, <laughs> if that was said 30 years ago, different connotations. Uh, maybe I mean the same thing. Uh, so come back. Uh, buy tickets, uh, come to all of our free nights, uh, including the one on Friday where we do comedy. And yeah, thank you so much for being you, and um, let's go keep playing. Joe, this is the most chaotic podcast I've ever did, right? There is musical theatre, there is bands, there is comedians. Thank God I didn't, didn't get that story about the meat delivery van that we heard a little bit earlier on. How has it been for you now at the end of it? Uh, it's been, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's hard to really put into words because your first thing is like you want to make sure everything goes well and everyone's happy and, every, and, and all like that. And, and then once it's finished, you want to go around and make sure, you know, everyone wants to come back. So. Yeah. It's, it's all work, but it's just when you see people on stage doing what they were born to do and just and living, you know, living it, it's, it's just, it, it's such a thrill and such an honor to be able to do it. So I am, I'm feeling class, to be honest. I'm feeling great. And yet you sort of resisted the temptation because, I mean, you can do musical theatre, you can do comedy, you can do acting, you can do whatever you want up there, and yet you resist that and you were uh, a barman, you were a bouncer, you were everything here this evening. So, you know, is it hard for you to stand and watch other people do this? Would you like to be up there yourself? To be honest, yeah, no, like the thing is, when I'm, I get as much a thrill from being a part of people being on stage and living their best life as I do with, uh, with being on stage myself, do you know what I mean? It's, it's different parts of my brain and I'm getting the serotonin no matter what, so I'm loving it. And then you, like, you, you're watching people grow and you're watching people like experience life um, and experience theatre and experience music, whatever, whatever it is you're doing. Um, in the best possible way and just to be part of that is, is honestly a thrill. Like, oh, maybe one day I will do something but I don't 
don't here at Teamsa, maybe one day, but I don't see it for a while. Do you know what I mean? And you give me too much credit as well. Like, you've never heard me sing. Uh, I don't think you've heard me sing properly. I don't even know if I've heard myself sing properly. I, I think I've heard yourself, you know, pretending to sing badly, but actually singing badly. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm only really pretending, you know? <laughs> what, what's next for you? Because your acting career, your writing career, your comedy career, you were doing great stuff on YouTube, you were doing fantastic stuff. You were moving around between them all. Have you, have you any idea what you want to be when you grow up? I don't want to grow up. That's my main thing. I just want to... You're doing a yeah. good job this summer. <laughs> I just, look, it's, I, I always worry about if you make plans, Yeah. Um, I always worry about making plans and stuff like that, so I'm, I'm more so a case of um, just seeing how things happen and just letting things grow organically and, and growing with it, you know what I mean? So I have lots of plans to make stuff happen for myself in theatre and in film and in comedy and everything, but my main goal right now is just to create a space where Irish people can get together and just, you know, celebrate themselves. You know? The thing that strikes me is you don't seem to be in a hurry anymore. No. <laughs> I don't, I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? I was in a hurry for a long time. And, um, I just I don't know what to say to that one, to be honest. That one's kind of changed. Am I in a hurry? Am I actually giving off the vibes of being in a hurry? That's nope, nice. not anymore. All right. Okay. That's the first time I think anyone said it to me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm content. I'm doing what I want to do most of the time. I still have a day job. I still have to, you know, put food or, you know, McDonald's into my belly. So I have to do all that. Three times a day. Three times a day, baby. Uh, five if I'm behaving. And uh, so, like, I still have to do the stuff I don't want to do. But, like, this is the first time in my life where the majority of what I want to do is happening. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it's great. And I long may continue and, and grow. Last but not least, about this particular event, do you want Shamsa to grow? Do you want this to be hundreds of people or do you prefer it to be this intimate evening where, I mean, the vibe in here tonight was just incredible. The support and everything else that was going on there. Is there a risk that if you were to grow this that that would somehow be watered down? I have no idea. Like, to have a full room, no matter what it is, I think it's only magical. So I can't think as far ahead as having 100, 200, 300 people. I think one day it could happen, but I'm just enjoying the moment of having a full house. You know, we've had two full houses in a row. We have people loving it. So, like, I can't look past that. And uh, that's all I'm looking forward to. Hopefully the next time we do it, it is a full house again. But Joe, it's been brilliant being here. It's been brilliant to see you. It's been brilliant to see this in the flesh. And by God, we'll be back. Thanks very much. Cheers, Phil. I fucking love you. Mwah. <laughs> and that, as they say, was that, ladies and gentlemen. The Shiamsa event last night in the Toulouse-Lautrec. Absolutely amazing to see so many young, talented, creative Irish people there. And the support, the way they supported one another was just amazing. Now, I haven't included absolutely everything they recorded last night because, as I say, it wouldn't be fair to comedians to be putting out some of their material when they're working on it. You know, the kind of thing that they're hoping to perform at other shows. So we're not going to do that, but we had a little bit of music there from Hawk the Band, and we're actually going to play out with another one of their tunes. And I just happened to start recording and the story and the performance are so brilliant I thought I'm going to tack it on at the end it's going to be their uh, new single and it's called If I Made the World huge credit is due to Joe O'Neill Joe was a young fella who came to Stockholm and was a young fella. That's why I was talking to him in the end there about, you know, how things have changed for him. Because when he came to Stockholm, he was a different man to what he is now. He really has become such a well-respected and such a generous and such a beloved person in the community because he looked around and he saw the gap that existed. And he thought, well, if nobody else is going to do this, I'm going to do it. And... I have a huge amount of love to Joe or for Joe for doing that because if we all just sit around and wait for somebody else to do things, it's never going to happen. And you heard there in the conversations that I had with people just how much they appreciate what he does and how he inspires them. And that in turn inspires me to keep doing things like this. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, there will be another one from the London Irish Creative Centre coming out in the next week or so. Uh, but for now, I am going to leave you as I try to navigate my way back to the Victoria Station and to Gatwick Airport and to Stockholm. Uh, until next time my friends take care of yourselves take care of one another feel free to share this on social media and I shall talk to you all again very very soon indeed on the Global Gale podcast yeah my name is Hawk Devani is it for a bit of singing? yeah well, this song is called If It Made The World and uh, we're going to be releasing it next month but at the end of it we just have If It Made The World on loop so if you could join in that would be great um, any singers here? Right, so let's do harmony. Sorry, oh, the, no, I don't like competition. I don't like competition. Let's split the room up into two, right? So anybody who is uh, conservative, no. 
I'll leave the jokes to the comedian, sir. Anybody from this side, you're gonna sing with Owen, and anybody over this side, you sing with me. So I'll be doing melody, and it will go like this. If I make the world, 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 if I make the world. If I make the world, 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 if I make the
Or it gives a chance to the folk who had never had one. Thank you.